0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hey guys, before we get going with today's episode of Trouble with the Script, I just want to address a couple things about the upcoming episode. I was really fortunate to have J.J. Cooper from Baseball America call in to join me on this episode to discuss the movie Sugar. We had what I think was a great conversation, not only about this movie, but about the baseball-centric aspects it discusses and how unique a film it is. When we recorded, J.J. was down in Florida, working for spring training, and even with a writing deadline the night we did the episode, he still gave me way more of his time than I deserved. He even did half the episode while driving back to his hotel— which I'm incredibly appreciative that he made that sacrifice. However, because of some spotty Florida Wi-Fi and Skype disconnecting us a couple times, combined with my shortcomings as a producer, the audio can get a little rough in certain areas of the pod, for which I apologize. Regardless, I think JJ and I had a great conversation about both this film and everything it brings to the table, and again, I'm incredibly fortunate that he took the time to record with me, especially while being crazy busy with spring training. I'll reference this in the pod, but if you haven't seen the film Sugar, I highly recommend it, especially before listening. So, if you like this pod, please subscribe and share, and let's get going. Welcome to Trouble with the Script, the sports movie podcast that appreciates a little authenticity. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Trouble with the Script is a sports movie podcast focusing almost exclusively on the sports-centric content of sports movies, what worked, what didn't work, and what could have been done to fix it. Today, I'm happy to welcome to the pod the executive editor of Baseball America calling in today from spring training, J.J. Cooper. J.J., how are you doing?
2: I'm very good. I am going to from game to game to game to game, and you know, I, I, I can never complain when I'm getting to do that. I'm very fortunate, and thrilled to be seeing a lot of really good baseball right now
1: that's good that's good who uh real quick before we get going who's the the best player you've seen out in florida this episode is going to air the first week of, of the regular season but right now it's about the last week of spring training when we're recording who's the best player you've seen so far M- best minor league player
2: kind of hard to i mean not because he's done anything like that like makes your jaw drop this week when i've seen him but wander franco's pretty special and it's hard to it, it's hard to top that I'm in Florida. Um, I, I've seen, you know, Boba has incredible bat speed, but I'm still going to go with Wander because uh, Wander Franco can really, really hit. Uh, you know, I, he also looks he, he very mature at bats for, a, uh, for an 18-year-old.
1: Yeah, I think everyone's looking forward to seeing more of him, especially as he, he kind of advances at the minors and there's more, more film, more video. But um, I'm really excited to have you on. When I got in contact with you, I threw out a couple of baseball movie options right away, and you jumped at today's movie, uh, which we're doing is Sugar. Sugar is a 2008 sports drama that follows the story of Miguel Santos, also known as Sugar, a Dominican right-handed pitcher in the fictional Kansas City Knights organization. Um, It's a very underrated and kind of underseen baseball movie. Before we get going, JJ, what stands out about this film overall for you, and where does it rank among your favorite baseball or favorite sports movies in general?
2: I, I don't think it can top Bull Durham, which is probably my, uh, my all-time favorite sports movie, um, but it is right up there, and I, I like movies that are unique, that have a unique point of view, that they, they say something different than, than the other, you know, than most movies, and and I love a sports movie that's that's really not a traditional sports movie. Um, this movie does not have your traditional sports movie ending. It, it 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 without giving a whole lot away, you can comfortably say it does not end with with Sugar uh, winning the World Series or anything like that. And and that really kind of stuck with me. Um, but the other part of it that I just love is is that it is taking a very important part of baseball but a part of baseball that is very rarely seen and i feel like it does a very good job of explaining that giving that a uh, giving a, a character with a point of view of that and kind of taking you into his life and i, I just thought i thought it did that exceptionally well
1: yeah it's as much of a uh, a human story as it is a sports story um, kind of focused on the psyche of one individual and kind of their their life journey. I think right away, let's just put a spoiler warning from from this moment on. If you haven't yep. seen Sugar, I highly recommend you go see it. Yeah, you, know, you can rent it on Amazon. You can rent it on Vudu. It's great, and uh, we we don't want to be hamstrung by any uh, by yep. any spoiler warnings before we get into kind of what was authentic or or what didn't work or whatever. Could you go into kind of the the life cuz i think um you know there's there's the generic thing everyone knows about the minors it was kind of the big the big story um a couple months ago with kyler murray it was like well why would he want to go play in the nfl when or why would he want to ride a bus in beloit or stockton when he could go play in the nfl and people think of minor leaguers as getting drafted and and you know heading off to um you know middle of nowhere usa to play ball For July second signees, who usually sign who um, in in the Dominican and Venezuela and Colombia, who typically sign in um, July second of the the year they turn sixteen, unless they're a big bonus guy like Wander Franco, who you just talked about, or Vladimir Guerrero Jr., or you know Miguel Sano, Gary Sanchez, you know guys like that kind of have a different a different road to even get to the get to the minors, and they show that in the movie. So real quick, because you kind of go into what's the life like for a a July 2nd signee a kind of prospect like Miguel is in this movie from, you know, when he signs to, to how his life is in the academy, which is show a little bit of.
2: Right. It, this is it is a very different um, situation. Obviously, in the U.S., you're talking about players are drafted out of high school. And generally, if you're drafted out of high school, you sign. It's because you're receiving a significant amount of money. Um, or you go to college, and then after your junior or senior year of college, you sign a, a pro contract after being drafted, and then you head off to rookie ball or short season ball, or in some you know rare cases, low class A. Well, if you're a Dominican player like Sugar Santos in this movie, uh, you you sign as a 16-year-old, which is Really, two years before most uh, U.S. players, Canadian players sign. But then the other part of it is, is that that doesn't get you to the U.S. Even that usually means that you had you sign having, in most cases, trained uh, with a uh, an agent called a Buscone to get ready to sign and get to to get noticed. But then once you do sign, you then are housed at you know that ever whatever team's academy the. The actual one I believe they used in the movie was the Diamondbacks Academy, but uh, but pretty much every team has an academy in the Dominican, and you know there you have a dormitory essentially, you have fields they play games, there are classes as you you see in the movie, uh, you know which that's a new that's a new development. Uh, if you went back twenty five years, which uh, you you would have found basically a much 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 more rudimentary uh, academy think uh, more like a uh, army barracks there with pots and it had been baseball and a whole not a whole lot else now teams do a much better job of realizing that helping uh, provide the player with with skills to uh, to more easily acclimate when they get over to the US is is very useful both for the team and the player and so really though then you play in the Dominican Summer League the DSL and Really, what you're doing is is you are playing. I mean, when you want to think about how far away this player is from the majors, if you're in the DSL, the hope is is that you are playing going to play well enough to get to complex ball, the AZL or the GCL, which then means if you do well there, then you could move up to rookie or other short, or short season ball, which then gets you to low A, then, which then gets you to high A, which then gets you to double A, which then gets you to triple A. Which then gets you to the majors. So we're talking about you are like seven steps away from the major leagues. You are as far away from the major leagues as a player could be and still be a professional baseball player in affiliated ball. And that's where we kind of in essence spin the first part of the movie is, you know, there are players who never get out of the Dominican. They're pro they're pro-baseball players, but their dream ends before they ever made it to the US. And it is significant as a first step just to get to the United States, to get the the promotion to get to the United States.
1: Well, that's a big thing the movie does well is in that first part of the movie, uh, you see Miguel's mom and Miguel's family keep uh, keep out. You know, or when are you going to the States? Are you going to play in the States? That's what they're hoping for. So they're hoping that, yeah, that he can go play the movie um they kind of simplified out when when miguel and his his couple teammates actually get to the to the states they kind of it's basically i think they kind of lay it out in complex leagues a ball double a triple a they don't really go into right. the the full you know the the full levels
2: it sure feels like sugar sugar's path to the midwest league is a little quicker it is than it you know which understandably again i will absolutely grant the movie that liberty if you're trying to be authentic with it, we would have to say, okay, the first year, he went to the complex. And then the next year he spent part of the year in the Northwest League. And then in year three, he makes to the Midwest League. And well, we've just added 30 minutes to the movie without adding anything to the story.
1: So yeah, and, and I, you uh, wouldn't yeah. get to film uh, right away in Quad Cities with that amazing um, backdrop they have. Um, real quick, before we get to what- put, we're, Nicely done to choose again. To,
2: the Midwest
1: League is a good one to do. Yeah, real quick, right before we get in. Um, could you throw any sort of estimation on what kind of prospect that uh, Sugar Santos is in this movie? Because he mentions while he's at the complex, he says he he when he's having a conversation, he signed for around one hundred and fifteen thousand. Now, the bonus isn't always every like Ronald Acuna, I think, signed. Correct me if I'm wrong, signed for around that same number, I think one hundred thousand or right. something like that. Um, so it doesn't always reflect but a, a guy who who heads to the midwest league at age 19 um, who signed for a hundred thousand as a starting pitcher what kind of prospect you know generally do you think do you think a guy like that would be
2: solid I would describe it as like that's the kind of guy who almost assuredly unless he falls on his face is going to make it to the midwest it, it, it's not nearly enough money to say uh, you know this guy's going to get a free pass to double AA, a triple a it's just not going to happen with a guy who signed for a hundred thousand dollars and a guy who signs for three mil you know plus out of the dominican that guy's going to get a lot more chances than a guy who signed for a hundred thousand
1: you know that that makes a lot of sense that that lines up okay Let, let's get right into it um with what worked what worked for you with this movie what was authentic you know sports wise and kind of just his lifestyle wise uh, in this movie, we've touched on it a little bit, but what were some things that really stood out to you?
2: Well, for one, um, sugar, sand, sugar, you know, he he strikes you as an athlete. It, it's not, again, I, I just mentioned that Bull Durham is probably my favorite baseball movie. Tim Robbins in Bull Durham, um, if you... If you ask me to put a gun on him and estimate what he's throwing, my my estimate would be somewhere around 45 miles an hour. Yeah, he looks awful.
1: Awful in Boulder. That
2: delivery does not work at all. I never feel that way uh, with Miguel Angel Perez, I believe is his name, the actor's name. You know, he was like, if you go to his actual backstory is that he was a player. He was a position player, but he was a player who bounced around, uh, you know, these tryouts, trying to get signed to, uh, you know, to a pro contract. And it feels that way. Like, he does not, you know, again, it's a movie. You, I, I would not say that he would, in reality, he was throwing, you know, 90, 94, 95, but I, he looks comfortable on the mound. Um, and I, I felt like they shot that well. Like, you get into the, uh, kind of the head of a, a pitcher, you know, both in, when it's going well, in low class A and both when it's and also when it's going poorly in low class A.
1: Yeah, I thought he, he was he captured that essence of, of being kind of a gamer on the mound. He kind of gave himself that kind of personality, a guy who wants the ball. Um, you know, kind of like a bull on the mound. I I thought he was very effective with that. He showed it physically and you know, emotionally with his performance.
2: I also like that I remember that they did, you know, how they kind of showed kind of pitch development a little bit, working on a spike curve, which, um, you know, is a legit pitch. It's, it's not an easy one to command, but that's something that you would see happening, you know, kind of the development of a player. And also uh, another thing that I really liked was the fact that, and this is absolutely true. And something that especially happens in low class A is you can see a guy who Looks like a world beater at one point, and then all of a sudden, you know, a month later, looks like he barely can get a guy out. And that's, you know, that's also true to the uh, to the experience of a of a pitcher in low class A.
1: Because it's the first time they're going through that grind.
2: Absolutely, and and I thought that overall, it felt like that this was done with care. Um, you know. So many, and there are many bad baseball movies. A ton.
1: Uh, you know, the one that this podcast is dubiously named yeah. for, being number one.
2: Yes. That is... <laughs> it's it's very much up there. Like, where... I, the funny thing is, this always baffles me, is baseball is a sport that... Well, for one, it, it is a sport that it is, to me, not hard to to say that we're going to have, people have to have plausibility to play it and that can work. And we, when I say that that can work, partly I say that that can work because we've seen examples of it over and over. And even with, you know, vain actors who actually can look like they can play the game. It is something where it becomes very obvious, very quickly if they can't and it's frustrating or it was frustrating when a movie is, is done by someone who, quite clearly has very little clue about the game and does not seem to have any interest in, you know, having much authenticity to it. And I felt like that this, this, there was clearly care taken in making sure that they got the story right, but not only that, but that they got the, uh, the look of the movie that they got, they, they clearly passed the plausibility test
1: yeah, they got so many little things right. Um, just like a tiny thing when he's he's doing video, um, it's when he's kind of going on his downward spiral and he's watching his his old teammate or his you know, current teammate, but his friend from the Dominican do really well. They're showing on video, which is it's just like a touch, like that's what minor league starters do when it's not their day to pitch. They're mm-hmm. doing the book or they're in video. They're in the stance, um they got the timeline of the um the star player the million dollar signee from Stanford right He was in double a in his first full season about midway through his first full season. That's a thing that happens with you know high profile draftees absolutely um, an another thing I thought they did really well, kind of showing their adjustment and you you touched on it with the academies they tried to teach him english i, I remember in the the documentary about Miguel Sano, um when he was when he was 16 signed, um, Pelotero, they, they show him at, you know, trying to learn English before he goes to the States in that Academy, but they show the guys having, they show uh sugar having trouble ordering his food in, in the diner. Um, he can't, he doesn't know what kind of eggs, you know, when she's asking him these questions and it's a sweet scene with the waitress, but he just orders French toast every time. Cause it's the only thing he knows how to say.
2: And that's, I've heard that story. Um, I've heard similar stories to that from uh, Latin American players. That's very much something that that could be taken, you know, from uh, literally dozens, if not hundreds, of lives of players. Mm-hmm. Especially now, again, it has gotten better. But especially if you go back to a player uh, who played in the U.S., came to the U.S. from the Dominican or Venezuela, especially the Dominican in the uh, in the '90s, which is kind of where my coverage of baseball, minor league baseball started. I mean, it was absolutely true because they were in some cases barely having any English classes before they came over. And not only that, but uh, there was much more kind of an idea of just kind of let in for themselves where there's now a little bit more effort to, to try to help ease some of those processes.
1: Yeah. It'd be a fun sort of contrast interview to do talk. If you talk to like Vladimir Guerrero and Vladimir Guerrero jr and just in terms of how different they're... Now, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. also grew up, you know, you see pictures of it in Montreal.
2: The the one I couldn't help but think about is is I actually, last year, um, around this time last year, I was working on a cover story on Fernando Tatis Jr. And I'd actually, I'm old, so I covered Fernando Tatis Sr. when he was in the Sally League back in, I believe it was 97. And so talking to them and... Fernando Tatis Senior, who went on to have a you know very successful major league career,
1: two grand slams in one inning.
2: Two grand slams in one inning, and his point was, he said, "Oh, you know, for one, I mean, uh, you like you just mentioned with letter, Fernando Tatis Junior was going to have an easier time, just from the standpoint of you know, I mean, he grew up around big league players, like he counts as friends." you know, big league players who, you know, he, he's known. But beyond that, like his, his father said, you know, like, look, when I came over, they didn't do anything for you. It was kind of like they just threw you over here and it was rough. And if you survived it, that they kind of figured then that meant that you were going to make it. Um, and, you know, that's not how they do it. And that's exactly, you know, he he is happy that his son does not have to go through what he had to go through. But um, but at the same time, you know, like he also it means that he's he was going to work to make sure that his son was ready because he knows how how tough it was for him when he came over to the U.S. Yeah,
1: well, his son, actually, I live just outside of San Antonio, so I saw his son come through last year and he definitely carries himself more than his age. He's he's special.
2: Absolutely. He is but... special and he is going to be, you know, I, he, he's going to be one of He won't be. It's hard to say he's going to be the face of the uh, Padres franchise. They uh, They
1: just just spent a whole lot of money
2: on a guy. Yeah, they spent a whole lot of money on a guy who maybe is going to serve some of that role. But uh, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is absolutely going to be a face of that franchise. And like even going back to his days in the Midwest League, he was you know the guy who wanted that. Uh, He he was happy to do the you know the interviews, happy to be kind of a Uh, you know, a a face of the organization, you know, face of the franchise in the Midwest League to kind of help, you know, with that team, I mean, with the Hot Rods, I mean, not the Hot Rods, um, with Fort Wayne, but, you know, but that's something that he absolutely is happy to do. But, yes, that is something that is very – it's still, again, it's still got a ways to go, but it is absolutely better now. But this is the movie for 2008, and not surprising at all that he – had trouble like that because that is absolutely a very true to life story for many players coming over to the U S.
1: Yeah. They do a lot of great scenes showing him really kind of struggling to adjust, especially, you know, he goes from the Dominican Republic to, uh, you know, Iowa. So playing for, uh, for the, the fictional, the swing, another thing it did really, it captures, you know, an athletes the, that kind of desperation and stress and homesickness, that I, a lot of minor leaguers have. It's something that, you know, I played in, I played small college ball, and I, I, I definitely could relate to when things are not going well. It really showed how it kind of affects him. It's not just on the field. It, 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 he did, a, the actor did an amazing job of, of showing how he kind of carries his athletic performance with him and just his identity as a baseball player with him throughout everywhere in the movie, everywhere he goes, and how it affects his whole life when he's not performing well in the field. I thought the movie did you know an incre- incredible job at showing his, his desperation and his stress.
2: Well, the other thing is, is that the key part to me is, is if that movie had started with him in the Midwest League, you'd have, it'll, you'd have lost so much because you have to see how much everyone's kind of, how much weight he's carrying because he's carrying the weight of expectations of his family as well like that they are you know they have their hopes are put on him too and mm-hmm. and it's so he not only wants to succeed for himself but he wants to succeed for his family for his community and so when he's struggling you know you see that yes i mean that that just almost visceral weight that is you know that is on him and and again the thing i really just loved about it is is that it lays some of that almost just to your interpretation. It can, at times, it's a it's it's a somewhat quiet movie to me. You mm-hmm. know, I, I'd be interested if you thought that. But to me, at times, it leaves you your it. The movie basically observes him thinking, but it leaves it to you to interpret what he's thinking. It's not the Annoying voice in his head that you're hearing, you know, to basically spell it out for you.
1: You're wondering where he's at mentally for a lot of the movie once he gets to Iowa. Yes. And, and he's um, wondering
2: where he's at mentally, I think, too.
1: Yeah, and I think what they did with with the ending, or the I guess the extended ending, you know, again, spoiler warning: if you haven't seen, you need to go see it. When he makes the decision to to basically break from baseball and and leave, and you know, essentially be, become an illegal immigrant, that's not it, it's not the typical sports movie ending. You know, you when you turn on this movie, you you expect oh, he's you know he's going to achieve all his hopes and his dreams baseball, but that mental taking that mental break or, you know, that the decision he made to walk away from the game is not it's not a um, it's not unique in the sense of we've seen American born guys, usually guys with a lot of money and a lot of privilege do that. Or, you know, just for whatever reason, guys take guys have taken, you know, walked away from baseball because outsiders and like his family, they don't understand it. The, I think the biggest example being Zach Grinke, um, Danny Duffy, Tyler Matzik, Ash, Ru- Ash Russell. You know, those are all guys who have stepped away back from the game. Yeah, Marty, <laughs> Mark Yeah, Mark Appel, you know, picked up. Number and, one
2: pick in the draft.
1: Exactly, but Mark Appel got to pick up and and go home with his massive signing bonus and his Stanford degree. Miguel Sugar Santos, you know, had basically spent most of his bonuses. Basically, they show him he's almost out of money already you know and, and so that's something that it's it's a unique look because we we hear a lot of when the big profile guys do it but we don't hear as much about you know lower profile guys do it now i will say that it probably i would imagine it would have been if had this happened in real life this would have been a story on on baseball america if this this uh well, this actually
2: know, it does happen like the, so i again back when the movie came out i, I talked to the directors and that the, the best way they could put it was is they said they knew the ending and then they had to figure out the rest of the movie. And the reason they knew the ending was because they're uh, New York based and they came across that there was this community of ex-professional Dominican you know, player, Dominican players, ex-professionals who got together to play. And they got to know them, and then they started hearing their stories. And so from that, they kind of knew, okay, we have this. And now we have to see, now how do we get him to hear. So, you know, and again, no, I mean, you know, like, the the reality of it is, is that when a player with a $100,000 bonus walks away from the game, it can often just be a blip. Like, it is Mm -hmm. a pebble in the ocean. Because, you know, there are literally thousands of players and you know, again, when Mark Appel steps away, well, that was the number one pick, but you know, I remember like to give it just a, you know, and he didn't walk away as much as like, but I remember covering the making the make the 1995 making Braves. There was a guy on that team named Terry Basky who, whatever, whatever the team needed, he would do. He was a first baseman outfielder who you know but if they needed a pitcher he'd pitch because you know he'd do whatever and and i remember at the end of the year he needed a few more credits for his degree and i i mean he had had a couple of you know key pinch hit home runs and all that that year but i i want to say his batting average was in the low 200s you know and he was a backup you know as a 22 year old in low class a and so he asked the team, you know, he asked the, 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 the Braves if he could leave, you know, a week early because school was starting back and he was going to go back to school. And there was almost an unsaid part of that, which is, I, you know, let's just make it clear. If Ronald Acuna said, hey, can I, you know, can I leave a, a week early because I'm, you know, I'm going back, I'm going to college. There probably would be, you know, no, well, no, we kind of want to have you here for Instructs afterward.
1: That would cause panic.
2: Yes. But when this, you know, later round pick who'd been kind of a backup in low class A asked and it was like, yeah, you can. And without us saying as much, essentially, that was going to be the end of his career, you know, and he had kind of had his like finale. Because, you know, he'd, he'd had a couple of moments. He had made it to low class A, which is much further than most baseball players ever get. 99%
1: of baseball players.
2: Exactly. And, but it was also kind of an acceptance. You know, I remember kind of shaking his hand and wishing him luck. And, you know, I, again, I didn't say, well, clearly, you know, I'll never see you again. But we both kind of knew it. Because, again, that's, that happens all the time it's a rough game. And the reality of it is, is that it's very, you know, it, it, it can be something where at some point you realize, Nope, I've, I've hit the end of my road. And, you know, again, in Sugar's case, he chose when really, I, you know, I, and I kind of wouldn't be interested in your interpretation of this because I don't think he was done. I think, he, I think he had the potential to go further.
1: I don't think he would have been let go, like you said earlier. You know, he's a nineteen, twenty-year-old kid in Low A. It's common for you know guys like that to struggle. It's the first time they've they've played over a hundred games, or you know, pitchers probably the first time he's made over twenty starts or whatever. Um, I remember specifically because I, I interned for the Salem Red Sox in twenty thirteen, and that was the year that I am sure you remember Henry Owens, where Henry Owens had a great, you know, a great year. He advanced to Double A that year; he made himself a top prospect. Um, the year before, he carried a that ERA over five, you know, in in uh, in Low A. So, just you know, it's, it's the same age as a nineteen year old kid. So, um, you know, that's a place for, that's a place for growing pain. So I don't think, you know, in terms of, I wouldn't say it didn't work because it, you know, it helped for the plot, but, um, in terms of just not being quite so realistic, you know, I don't think, I, I certainly don't think he's getting released at the end of the season, right? you know, right. by any means, especially with a strong, a strong first half, like he had, you know, yeah, I, I think the, and you can, you can kind of interpret the, the, his, him walking away as something of. Him not because he he says uh, he wasn't gonna let them you know he was he wasn't gonna get told that it wasn't working out but it could also be that he really is done with with what the game does to him with the pressures of the game.
2: Yeah, I, I to me all of that made sense to me. I, you're right. He would not be released. You know, he might he'd be put on the restricted list because he just bailed and left the team. But um, but I think what that all comes back to is is you know we're we're talking about a teenager still who is really handling, you know, getting faced with his, his first big bout of baseball adversity. And how do you respond to that? And I I think kind of one of the answers to that is, is sometimes players do things like what, you know, what sugar does here, which is okay. You know, it's not going the way I want it to go. And so I'm out of here and it's not the wise decision. And, you know, at least in in my viewpoint, um, you know, I, I'm not him, but but it also seems very true to me when we talk about uh, a 19-year-old who also, as we've seen kind of throughout the, the movie, has a lot on his plate, um, you know, and and again, like, I, I thought one of the things that really worked about that to me was is that I kind of thought about afterwards was what if, you know, he was playing in the Dominican and had his first bout of adversity. And it would kind of be my supposition that he would be able to handle that much more because he'd have a support system around him instead of, you know, a friend's family instead of it being a situation where he's really uh, kind of on his own.
1: He's very alone. They, they definitely, especially, um, you know, his best friend on the team is released. The other guy that he kind of gone close with is promoted to double A. So yeah, he's, he's very much in his own head and it's, you know, it's, it's sad to see, but it's, it's something, it's not a typical sports movie ending or sports movie plot, but I think that's what makes it so, uh, you know, effective and authentic. Um, It it just, it works really well.
2: What I also liked was um, one other part, which is kind of an off the field, but it is very much tied. You know, we, he, he has a host family. the host family is neither a caricature of everything good in the world, but also they're not a caricature of, you know, like completely clueless either They're How would you describe, I would describe, I mean, you've seen it more recently than I have, but
1: well-meaning, but at the same time, not quite as in touch with his needs with, with his his circumstance. Yeah. I think well-meaning is the, um, is the best way to describe them. Uh, they they definitely try to put their best foot forward and and be as accommodating in their own minds as they can be, but they're really just not truly in touch with with the kind of life he's living and what's going through his head and what he's dealing with. It's not, you know, they're they're not a substitute for his real support system, his real family.
2: And I have known of players who have had host families who are in tune. And when you see that, I've seen reunions where basically, you know, a, a player who, you know, was a had the host family when they're in class a, and now they're in the majors or the triple a, there's still that connection. Because, Eddie
1: Rosario, his, his host family comes up to yes. Minnesota and he'll, he'll go see them. Right. Because again, there is that connection. You know, you are talking about,
2: uh, you know, someone really, who's just, you know, out on their own for the first time and you know and again I also should make clear I mean there are a lot of players who they don't they don't get host families you know mm-hmm. you can be They're in a in crappy Tennessee apartment and it's eight you know especially I mean a whole lot of players from the Dominican are sending money from their very meager paychecks home
1: which they and do so, include in this movie as well they, they kind of yeah, show that and so you are
2: talking in a lot of cases, it's, it may be, you know, eight players in a two bedroom uh, apartment and, you know, okay, you've got, you know, it's air mattress wall to wall and, you know, someone sleeping in a closet and, and that's just, you know, that's the life, you know? So, yeah. So I, again, I thought it did a really good job with that. You have the situation where, you know, again, he is looking for connections throughout this movie and what strikes you when he's you know in the u.s playing baseball is 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 just how difficult it is for him to to you know
1: to to make those Mm -hmm. yeah they they do a good job just making you you know feel as alone as him really going back to what "Quote unquote," didn't work, or what wasn't authentic. It was all tiny stuff in this movie, which you don't really fault the movie for, because it's so baseball rich and baseball authentic that that small stuff isn't, you know, isn't a big deal. Like there's no there's no reference of high A, not a deal breaker in this movie. Right. The spring training game, he's playing in the big league park when in reality he'd be on the backfields.
2: Absolutely, it would be a momentous day if he got to go to the big league park. Yeah. doesn't mean it doesn't happen. I remember Gregory Polanco. I remember the Pirates talking about with Gregory Polanco how like he got called up for one game like they do that you know we'd like so he was basically brought over and you know he got into like the eighth inning of a big league spring training game and how that seemed to like really like he turned a corner after that because it gave him a confidence when he went back to the backfield so he's like I'm, I can do this, I'm the man.
1: Yeah, it's not unheard of for for teams to bring the Nolan Gorman hit a home run, you know, a couple couple weeks ago.
2: But it is also true that you know, the reality of it is is, is that that's not normal. And so mm-hmm. if that was, yeah, like you, it would have been much more accurate to have put him on a backfield where with you know, no one but a few, you know, but five people watching.
1: Yeah, but it's not really a deal breaker thing. No, You know, the uh, the hotel that they're staying at with the arcade and the the bowling alley. Like, no, that's not a that's not a crappy days in. Yeah, I don't don't think they're staying at that. They're not putting the bill for that hotel.
2: Um, And Uh, again, there's there's things that they don't hit on, but it's like, okay, they just didn't get around to like one of the things. And again, it's gotten a little better because now there's Uber Eats and all that. But one of the things that was very much true when I started covering the minors was um, one of the worst things is, is, you know, players go on the road. And so you're done with the game at 10, 15, 10, 30, and the bus takes everyone back to the hotel. And your options, food options for essentially what is dinner, because these players are on kind of a, you know, late-to-bed, late-to-rise kind of schedule is whatever is within walking distance of, you know, the hotel and whatever's still open at 10.30 at night. And, you know, that's that was just the reality of the time. Again, it's a little, again, you're not going to be able to do a whole lot of uh, Uber Eats or whatever still today, you know, on a minor league per diem. But uh, but it is at least a little bit, you know, you can, again, if everyone on the team does it, it's, you know, okay, maybe you can make it for it or whatever. But But it is something that, there's a lot of the, you know, again, there's only so many aspects you're going to cover. Um, but I just thought overall, it really does give you a good sense of of kind of uh, how isolating that life can be in some ways, for especially for a guy who's, you know, that where there's a language barrier with a lot of his teammates, there's a language barrier with, and a cultural barrier with his host family. It's, you know, it, it kind of put you in his head and yeah. you you feel at times I feel felt in that movie at times a little, almost disoriented in a good way.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a, it, just overall, I think, I think to, to kind of really to kind of end this, it is um, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, it's a, it's very authentic. It's what it's, it's everything you'd want a sports movie to be. Um, even without the, the world series ending or the, the, the main characters, you know, living all their hopes and dreams it's authentic and i you know it's really why i started this podcast is kind of an appreciation of authentic movies i'm you know i'll be doing the uh, the 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 dubious the dubious honor of going over the the movie that this podcast is named after um in a couple weeks and will not be as glowing and you know i i just wanted to show appreciation for this movie and i'm really glad you picked it cuz it is i mean it's it's as good a baseball movie as there is And I would say probably, you know, less than a tenth of the people who have seen Bull Durham have seen this movie. And it's really a shame. I would say I would
2: say less than a thousand. Yeah, that's
1: that's a fair. I mean, this is a movie.
2: I mean, this was a not a big budget movie when it came out. And, you know, it's it's it is a movie that you have to again. If you've seen this movie, it's a pretty good chance that you're a pretty good, a pretty significant baseball fan. Because otherwise, it's very likely you would not have found this movie. Um, mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't. It wasn't widely released, I don't think.
2: But it. But it is. It is every bit. You like you said. I mean, my appreciation of it really kind of comes down to a couple of things. One is, I want again, and I. I am a you know, I am not. Uh, I. I'm a white guy who cannot fully say that I understand the experience that sugar goes through in this movie or that, you know, real Latin American players who come to the U S go through, but I have seen it. I've been around it. I've talked to, you know, players. And so I, I can check off that it felt authentic to me. And I'm someone who's been around it at least. And that, you know, and again, what really just struck was the care that that they put into this movie, that clearly they did their homework, Um, because, again, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but it does mean they did a lot of listening, because you have to have talked to people who actually gone through the experience to kind of portray the experience like they did. And the other part I just I like movies, again, not every movie can be this, but I want to go to to see movies sometimes that that are okay. I, to say it's a small movie sounds like I'm denigrating it, but I really mean that to praise it. And what I mean by that is is that if this movie had been a big big budget movie, it would have been probably awful um, mm-hmm. and because it would have been like you know it would have had to have hit all those buttons and it would have not have been nearly as good it's the the fact that this movie doesn't try to do any of those things the fact that this movie kind of ends with really him kind of coming to Some sort of, uh, in my mind, again, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you is is what your interpretation of it is. But to me, what I love is is that at the end of the movie, not that everything in his life is solved by any stretch of the imagination, but what it does do is, is he has found joy in baseball again because he's playing again for the love of baseball, not to try to carry the weight, the weight of all these expectations that he has, you know, it's,
1: yeah, the, the, you see him smile, like at a baseball field for the first time in what seems like an hour in the movie at the end, when he plays that game, if, if this was say real life or something, and you were to tell me, oh yeah, sugar tried to make another go of it and my, you know, took a step back and tried to make another go of it. In professional baseball, because he wanted to play again, it wouldn't surprise me because they kind of leave you with he's got that general hope in his life, and maybe it's his the only place he's going to be happy playing baseball is in the Bronx with those you know those ex ex Dominican players. But yeah, it's it's a story the the Latin American professional baseball player is not very well represented in sports cinema in baseball cinema. You think, like, you know, the Pedro Serrano and um, the guy, the first baseman in Bull Durham, whose name escapes me, who's blessing his bat with a chicken bone. Those are pretty much the, your main representations. So um, this comes from such a unique angle.
2: I, I mean, and even if you say, like, okay, let's dive deep. You mentioned Pelotero, mm-hmm, which is a very good your documentary, but a good one. Um I've seen, I just forgot the name, I've seen one other, one or two other documentaries. I mean, when you talk about, though, in the U.S., in, in an English-language film, because again, there may be some film in the Dominican or South America or Central America that I have never seen, and I don't, you know, but in English-language film, I do feel confident saying this movie stands alone in that it's actually trying to tell, from, tell a story from the perspective of a latin american baseball player like you know not uh you know the seventh character in a movie but like no the star of the movie is a latino baseball player and his perspective and i mean you know we hadn't seen one in a hundred years of cinema before this movie and we haven't seen in the you know one in the uh 10 plus years since
1: yeah it's it's great though it's a it, it's a great it's a great great movie if you've gotten through the pod and haven't seen it even though we you know we ruined the ending I mean, please go see it.
2: the 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 great thing about it is is again and again I, I i when i say small i mean that in a in a positive sense knowing what happens in this movie doesn't really even detract from it because It's really much more about feeling the movie than it is any it's there's plot, but the plot doesn't drive the movie to me nearly as much as the experience of the movie, the feel of the movie and kind of the the sense of the movie much more to me than plot.
1: I think it's not out of the question to say it's the most unique experience of a baseball that you can get in a baseball movie. Or of any of any movie that's that's been made.
2: When you say baseball movies, any other baseball movie that you give me, I can probably give you another example of that kind of. Mm -hmm. I mean, there have been what, three major leagues.
1: Yes. Shout out to back to the minors.
2: Yes. You know, and there's how many movies have there been? I can think of at least two or three that uh, have been about a scout finding a player. You know, there's the scout. There's an Edwards James. I want to say, it was, was it Edward James Almost was as a scout in another movie, which was better. That one was mm-hmm. better. But there's another one with that. And I want to say there's at least a third. You know, how well, many? There's, did, uh,
1: there's trouble with the curve.
2: Can't you know, forget it. Yes, blanked. Yes, blanked on that. But yes, so that's three right there. How many movies are there where a, uh, you know, where, uh you know what? Okay, bang the drum slowly is probably as unique.
1: Okay, that's a fair point. That's an an oldie. I
2: yes, an oldie, but I cannot give you another movie like Bang the Drum Slowly because I really can't even tell you almost what Bang the Drum. You know, like I would know, have trouble describing. Like I, you know, but yes, but it is a very unique. Most baseball movies fit. I mean, how many how many versions of the Bad News Bears movie have there been? How many, uh, you know, biography, biographical movies? We've got Cobb, we've got, you know, Babe, we've got, I mean, again, there's a ton of all these different kinds of movies and there is no other movie like Sugar.
1: There's not. And it's, I think what's special is I don't even really think you have to be a diehard baseball fan. You, You have to have been a diehard baseball fan to have gone and found it and seen it. But I don't think you have to be a diehard baseball fan to enjoy it. I agree so it's um, it's great and, and JJ thanks a ton for coming on the podcast really appreciate it really enjoyed this conversation um, where can people find you on you know on social media and, and the awesome work you guys are doing at baseball America
2: so uh, baseballamerica.com, um you know uh, if you if you if you like it we'd love if you subscribe you know we have uh, a lot of uh, free content but also a lot of subscriber content for subscribers um, and then I'm at on Twitter, I'm at jjcoop36. On Instagram, I'm jjcooperba. That's B as in boy, A as in alpha. I've I wouldn't even give my Facebook at this point because at this point I've really given up on trying to update a Facebook. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't think anyone's using it anymore. Yeah,
2: you know. So uh, I mean, I'm I'm much on Twitter the most, but uh, but and then yeah, baseballamerica.com. And hey, I've enjoyed. I haven't had a chance to talk to, you know, with someone else appreciating sugar in uh in a long time. And so it's really good to kind of, to kind of relive this movie a little bit.
1: I was really hoping you'd pick it when I threw out the suggestions.
2: You know, this is again, you know, sure. We could talk about Bull Durham. sure we could talk about, you know, again, major league, the natural field of dreams. There's a lot of baseball movies that a lot of people have seen. None of those movies, like, have uh, you know again have touched me the first time like this movie did just because this movie i really did feel like was like whoa i've never seen a baseball movie like this and man they got it right too because like i could have been i've never seen a baseball movie like this and then come out of it and go man i'm really frustrated with that movie because it could have been something but this wasn't this was something that was something
1: yeah it's great i mean it's aged really well again for the last time i plead with anyone listening go watch this movie um jj thanks a ton for coming on if you enjoyed the pod please subscribe wherever you get your podcast we're on apple podcast spotify soundcloud google play you can follow the pod on twitter at trouble pod on instagram at trouble with the script pod uh you can follow me on twitter at kyle Banduho and uh catch the next episode next thursday thanks <laughs>